the Maimer Basiladani. Okay. It's a Jewish custom. Rebbe used those words since the passing of the previous Rebbe to study one chapter of the 20 chapter discourse that the previous Rebbe um, distributed to be learned on the 10th of Shvat, which ended up being the day of his uh, passing. And Rebbe said this was not just happened to be the day of his passing, but this was uh, what he wanted to give us to learn uh, in connection to his histalkos, to his aliyah, to his, not just where he would, not just the, the um, passing the previous Rebbe, but also in regards to the role of our generation and um, and every, since the discourse has 20 parts, so it's customary to study one chapter um, every year. And this year we're studying it for the fourth time, and we're studying the 13th chapter. And just to give a little intro of um, what discourse is about, and where, we, where we are up to in these, uh, this is 13th chapter. Um, before we do, I just wanted to mention something interesting. Um, if I remember correctly, this discourse of the previous Rebbe is based on another discourse, and it's known to be a uh, simple discourse. It's in Kosh Baruch Hu from the Rebbe Hashab. It's known to be something that's simple. In the Hasidic lexicon, simple means balabatish. Balabatish, the Hasidic lexicon, means for regular homeowners. Uh, meaning regular people, not, it's not something that you need to be very sophisticated to learn. It's just for regular homeowners. However, the um, I don't remember who said this. Maybe it's the previous about his father's discourse. That it's not. That's not what it really means. It, it's takabalabatish. Take it makes. It's about ownership, but it helps you become an ownership over your own animal soul. That's takabalabatish. Not just. It's it's simple. Contrary. It's it's uh, it's it's very profound and personal to us to get in control. In fact, that every one to use expression. Um, that th- this is a tried and tested. That you study this and it and it helps. Whatever's going on, you study this and it helps. So um, let's study it. Um, the mimer is based on the words, "I have come into my garden, my sister, my bride." What is the uh, what is that referring to on the on the surface? Um, that's Hashem is saying those words about him coming to this world. He calls this world his garden. And as I've emphasized that this world is a beautiful place that Hashem has created to be His garden. And when He created the world originally, He was manifest, He was revealed in this world. And uh, then after the sin of the Tree of Knowledge and the subsequent six generations of uh, more mistakes, God's presence became more and more hidden. And that's why the Medrash uses... the six generations? After Adam and Eve, it was six more. Total of seven generations of sin. And that, and that caused God's presence to become more and more hidden, and that's why the Medish uses the expression, God's presence ascended to the seventh heaven. And then there, then there were seven tzaddikim, beginning from Avram Avinu. The Talmud says that what was unique about Avram is Hizchil Lahoyer. There were other tzaddikim before Avraham, but Avram was the first one to give light to the world. He's a, he brought God's presence to be revealed in the world. As Avram used the expression about himself, um, he told when he was telling Eliezer to find a wife for um, Yitzchak, he said, "Hashem, the God of heaven and the God of earth." And he said, "It used to be just the God of heaven, but I have made him the God of earth by because I've I've publicized his name in the world." 
So Avram caused God's presence figuratively to descend from the seventh heaven to the sixth heaven. Uh, I once asked Rabbi Khan, uh, what exactly are these levels of the seven heavens? Are they spiritual levels? And apparently it was never discussed what those seven levels are. Um, uh, meaning uh, that the Shekhinah ascended to this level and to that level. Um, it doesn't say what level that those, those levels are, but suffice it to say that God's presence became more and more hidden. And from Avram Avinu, God's presence became more and more revealed until until uh, Moshe Avinu. Moshe Avinu is the seventh from Avraham. And he caused God's presence to be manifest in the world. How did Moshe Avinu do this? And that's what Basagani means. I've come back to my garden. I've come back to my garden. I've returned through being revealed again in the world as it was when I, when I made the world. When was God revealed in the world? So God was revealed in the world when God gave us a Torah. God gave us a Torah. The Talmud says, no birds chirped, no angels sang. It was a revelation of God from all directions. And we felt and we heard God saying, I am Lord your God. And uh, the whole world experienced that. And as Chassidus emphasizes, there was no echo. There was a, a pure, clear revelation that was a taste of how things will be when Mashiach will come. Then it was just temporary. Then it was just because God revealed himself. The world wasn't able to retain that revelation. However, um, God did instruct the Jewish people after this, well, there's an as a discussion exactly when God's instruction came before the giving of the Torah, but the, after, the, after the giving of the Torah, then God commanded us to build a tabernacle, and we built a tabernacle, and we made a home for Hashem. Um, what is the part of the plan that Hashem gives you a light if you can't handle the light? The light has to go away. So or break something. Good, very good. Totally. So, 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 so. It's so, all so, part of Hashem. So it's not uh, oops. Uh, right. It, it wasn't. It wasn't the world couldn't handle it. The world wasn't meant to handle it. Right. And the, and there was something that was accomplished by, by that revelation. The, the the what was what was accomplished? So this says that before the giving of the Torah, there was a divide between the heavens and the earth. And the heavens are the heavens of God, and the earth is the earth of man, as, as, as it says in, in, in the, in the Pasuk. And he couldn't bring the spiritual into the physical. But giving the Torah, Hashem annulled this decree. And when he annulled this decree, Hashem said, I'll make the first move, and I will descend from heaven to earth. I will reveal myself in, in the world. Parenthetically, um, Rebbe once told someone who, who uh, superhumanly made peace in a situation where it wasn't his fault, and Rebbe said that you have to learn from God, that God made the first move. You would think that if Adam was the one whose fault it was, that he was banished from, the, that God's presence was hidden. So Adam, so man should be the one to make the first move to, to, to bring, bring God's Sorry. presence back. Yeah. But nevertheless, no, God made the first move, hiding. and he descended on Mount Sinai. So Chassidus so said, so, so, so that's just a side note. Anyways, the Rebbe says that, that the revelation of Mount Sinai made an effect affected the world. You, uh, you can't say that the world, after the sin of the tree of uh, the golden calf, reverted to the same place it was before the giving of the Torah, because then, as you said, there's no point. Rather, the revelation of Mount Sinai permeated all of existence, and that's why there was no echo, because the revelation permeated everything in the world, um, and, and enabled the world, purified the world, to, to, to be able to, to, for us to do a mitzvah. After the giving of the Torah, it's not possible to do a mitzvah and to bring spirituality and become part of the physical world. To bring godliness to become part of the physical world. So that revelation enabled this to be possible. 
And that's what God means when he says, I've come to my garden, first of all, the revelation of Mount Sinai itself, and more in the uh, revelation subsequent to this in the tabernacle in a more of a permanent way in the tabernacle. And in a more permanent way in the first temple. And then there was something that was achieved, as we learned, by the second temple. And ultimately, the true meaning, the full expression of I've come to my garden will only be realized when Mashiach comes in the third base of Megdash in the third temple. Yes, maybe in the second floor over there, the second floor in the blue ones, there's maybe, maybe there's a Tafshin Yud over there. Okay. So that's the, that's the purpose of creation. That's our, the role of our generation. As Rebbe said when he began leading the Jewish people, that he gave a discourse, his first discourse was about how our generation is a seventh from the Alter Rebbe, and we are going to achieve the full expression of Basilagani, of Hashem being revealed in this world forever with coming Mashiach. So that, that's the goal. How is this goal achieved? The way this goal is achieved, just like in the tabernacle, Tabernacle was um, built from wood, um, and the the, the wooden structure, the wooden boards that were used, are called krushin. And those that word keresh is made up of another word, or that same word, rearranging the letters. Keresh spells the word sheker lie. So the world, as Chassidim used expression, felt like the world lies. The world says, "I am." And what is the world really? The world really is only uh, here. The true reality of the world is this divine energy that makes it that makes it exist. That's what the world really is. So, because the world does conceal its uh, its 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 true identity, so our role is is to transform the lie of the world and to reveal God's presence in it. To, to transform the lie of the world and to put and to make it instead to connect it. The word, same word for board also has the same letters as the word kesha, which means the connection. To connect the world to godliness and to make it into a keresh, to make it into a holy place for Hashem. That's the role of what we're, of why we are here. And just like the world has this... this um, uh, in ourselves, we we know we have a, an attraction to the wrong thing below logic and reason. The way to counter this is to serve Hashem with shtus which with 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 a attraction to Hashem beyond logic and reason. And that is the role of the tzivas Hashem of the army of Hashem. The Jewish people are called the army of Hashem. The word army has two other meanings. Uh, the first meaning is army that we have to serve Hashem with obedience. And number two. Just a letter that I have actually last week, an interesting letter that says that the way to reach out to young people is with these words that come and join the army of Hashem. And uh, and, and, and although, you know, we think you have to, for young people, you have to like dumb things down and make things easier, but they're, they're looking for something. They're looking for something that's that's beyond themselves. And by telling them, come join the, 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 the army of Hashem, that says this, this really has an effect on, uh, on all different kinds of kinds of young people. Um, that letter itself has to be studied. But going back to the subject, so the word army also, tzva, also means time, because the time that Hashem gives each person to do their mission in this world. The word army also comes from the word tzivyayin, which means beauty, uh, colorful beauty. 
And that is the reason why before we've been to pray, we say the words, I accept upon myself a mitzvah, love your fellow like yourself, that it's not sufficient for each of us just to do our own thing. We have to connect to each other. And, and the, the, the home for Hashem is created by every person doing their thing. Um, so that's the, that's, the, that's, the role, that's the goal, and that's who does it. Then the Rebbe says that just like in a war, uh, to, in, in this war of uh, conquering the world, making this world a home for Hashem, um, in this war we have the king. Just like in a physical war, a king gives up all of the, his treasures in order to win a war. Not only that, the king throws his life from the side, puts himself in danger, and in order for the war to be won, um, so too, the Abishter gives us his treasures that were never revealed before, and he gives them to us in order that we should uh, be victorious in this war. He gives us the oitzris, the treasures, the treasures in ourselves, and the treasures, the, the divine treasures, the revelations of godliness, in order that we should be victorious in this war. And who is he? he gives his treasures not just to the pkidei not just to the generals, he gives them to the generals, but in order for the generals to distribute them to the simple soldiers. And, and, and these, these are given to each of us in order for we to do this mission. So in order to explain um, what those treasures are, the Rebbe begins by quoting a Zohar, which says the following. The infinite light of Hashem is high without any limit, without any end, and is low and it goes lower and lower also without any end, without any limit. So, Rebbe first explains what, the, what being low is in order to explain what being high is. Being high means how Hashem's... Words, the, the term is contradictory. No limits and high and lower. Yeah, what, what does it mean? There's a, there's a lot of information here. I listened to a shir from Rabbi Asher Farkash. Uh, and I hope whatever I say that's right is from him. Anyway, so uh, um, in order to the, 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 the treasure is referring to how Hashem is infinite and high without any limit. Being high means that there are hidden things, hidden revelations of Galilee that are beyond not just this world, beyond the higher world, beyond the world of Atsilas. And those hidden uh, revelations Hashem gives us to, uh, to win this war. Um, okay. Uh, I think in one discourse that I spoke about the idea of essence even beyond the, 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 the infinite light of Hashem. Regardless, in order to explain the greatness of Hashem's infinity, how Hashem's uh, greatness, how He ascends uh, or His light is hidden and higher than, than, than the imagination, than, than description, than limitation, He first explains the meaning of Hashem's light descending uh, without any end. But before we get to that, as you said, let's let's there's it seems to be there's three different terms over here. First, it says erin sof, the infinite light of Hashem. Then it says a higher without any uh, end, and it says lower without any end. What's let's first translate the words erin sof. Erin sof, the previous Shabbat, in the previous chapters, explains what erin sof means, the light of the ein sof. On the surface, the way uh, before Chassidus were. Orin Saf means the light of Hashem. Hashem is the one who is called Ein Saif. He is the one who is infinite. He is known. Ein Saif means no end. And this is his light, Erin Saf. But Chassidus explains it's not just that his light is, it comes from Ein Saf, not just his light comes from someone who is infinite, but rather the light itself is infinite. Erin Saf, the light itself, the revelation of Galilee, even though it's only revelation, it's only a tiny ray of Galilee. Yeah, this light is also Ein Saf. And in 
three chapters in the Mimer, the 12th, 13th, 14th chapter, the previous chapter explains different aspects of what that means. Of, of sorry, of the being low without any limit. He explains three aspects of what being low without any limit means. First of all, he explains what the word or means, or again, that the light itself is infinite. And then he goes into explaining um, how um, this, the, 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 it's not only that Hashem's light is infinite, but also the, the, what comes from this light, what emerges from this light, is also infinite. And the previous chapter, chapter 12, the, um, he, he talks about the creation of, the, of, of, of that which is higher than Atzilus. He says that before there was a Tzimtzum, the infinite light of Hashem has coming from it an infinite amount of spheres, not just infinite amount of ways of expression, spheres, and not just infinite, but each of these expressions are infinite. And even the way the light of Hashem descends lower in the world of Atzilus, um, that light is still having infinite expression because uh, Atzilus isn't really limited. And then he continues and says, um, and Atzilus itself produces the worlds beneath it, the Malchus of Atzilus, the lowest sphere of Atzilus, also produces um, a, a, a multitude of creations. Even the worlds beneath Atzilus, <clears throat> it also creates an infinite multitude of creatures. So, so um, the 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 creation that comes from it has has no limits. Even though even though it has a definition, doesn't mean it doesn't have has, has a limit. For example, Chesed of Atzilus. Chesed is the, is the, is is termed as Chesed. It's Chesed not Buddha. And yet Chesed is infinite. There's infinite amount of Chesed. Although it has a definition, so it's it's still able to be legal, infinite infinite Chesed. And so, so to saying, saying the word when you say oila, at itself oila matzilus defines limitation. Oh, so so in Taka in the, in 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 could be unlimited. So in the Semach Tzedek explains in in everything's in the, the Mimer about how the world of Atzilus isn't really a limit in in itself in its own place. It's infinite in its own place. It's infinite. And I know your question: though, if its own place is infinite, that still means it's limited. That, that was that was something. Plus. It's what we are thinking. Itself, it's not. To us, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right. So, so, so that's what Samachsadik says in, in, the, in the previous discourse. The previous uh, chapter, chapter 12. In chapter 13, there's a way you would read it. 13. You would read it with the Rebbe's explanation. Um, the, the, the translation of the words in chapter 13 is the Rebbe go, is going into in great detail the the kinds of creations in this world. We're, we're, we're talking about how Hashem's infinite descent of in his in his create, creating in not just the world of Atzilus, the way he creates the worlds below beneath Atzilus. And the way he creates Klippa, the way he creates unholy things. And in Klippa itself, the way he creates even even the, the lowest forms of Klippa, like the Klippa of Pare. Who totally denies the godly energy energy that's vivifying him and 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 uh, and animating everything that's going on in Egypt? As the Torah says that it was Yaakov's blessing that made the Nile rise before the Pharaoh, and yet the Pharaoh says, "I made the river and I made myself." So, 
And the Rebbe goes on to talk about how even in ourselves we could find a similar uh, paro-like mentality. Um, very interesting. God willing, we're going to learn it inside. But the Rebbe just, just one, one idea for now. The Rebbe says, um, a person may mention God's name in every step of his business and say, God help me and this is from Hashem. And yet, when things are going good, he's smiling with how smart I am. <laughs> when things are going bad... He's like, oh, hey, this is terrible. It's not just that he's missing something. It's just like it's, 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 he, he, he defines himself differently. And really, it should be equal because nothing to do with you. It's nothing to do with you. It wasn't, it wasn't your intelligence that uh, got you made successful. It wasn't your, your foolishness that made things go down. It has nothing to do with you. It's all, it's all Hashem. So, so, but, but, so, so the Rebbe says that it's possible that fundamentally, although we're using a lot of words, uh, Baruch Hashem, Ezra Hashem, all these things, but fundamentally, although we believe it, but our belief in Hashem could be in a way that it's um, that it's 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 separated from our own reality. That it's just things we're saying, but not fundamentally how we actually look at things. And that's it's similar to Parim, just like also in, in Torah study. Rebbe says it's possible that you know the Torah is the Torah of Hashem, and make the blessing before you study the Torah. However, while in the Torah. It's not felt. You don't feel the magic. You don't feel God's talking to you when you're studying Torah. You don't feel this is godly. You don't feel like, like, like as Shandam says, that Hashem kisses the lips of, of, of every Jew when you study Torah. You don't, you don't feel that. You feel more the intellect of it. You don't feel like this, that, 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 that that's something going on. There's intimacy. You're having with Hashem when you're studying Torah. So that, so, so that was going on in great detail about how Hashem's light creates things. Hashem's light is infinite and creates things lower than Atzilus. That's how you learn the mimer on the simple, simply without the Rebbe's explanation. The Rebbe explains that that's not really what the subject of the thirteenth chapter is. The subject of the thirteenth chapter is not how Hashem's infinity extends to the worlds beneath Hatzilus. Rather, the subject of the thirteenth chapter is about the light of Hashem itself. We're not just talking about how Hashem produces Hashem's infinite light produces all different kinds of creation. Rather, the point of the 13th chapter is that Hashem's light itself is present in, the, in all the things that He creates. In other words, although we're talking about klippa, we're talking about low kinds of klippa, that is also, the, that is an expression of Hashem's infinite light. Hashem's infinite light is in the place of, of klippa. It's not that He created it and He is, he is not there, Rather, Hashem's infinite light descends lower and lower without any limit means that even in the place of Pare, even in the place of Klippa, His light is 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 it, His light extends there. Not just it produces something, not just it creates something, but His light itself is there. And ever since this is very relevant to the idea of Tshuva. In other words, why is it that the Torah the Mashiach comes? No Jew will be pushed aside from Hashem. Every Jew will return, will return to Hashem. The reason that's possible is because Hashem's infinite light is reachable wherever we are because Hashem's light is present wherever we are. In the next discourse, next chapter of the discourse, the Rebbe discusses how Hashem's light is unchanged, that His light hasn't, is defected. He still remains infinite even in the place of the cliff. But the point of this chapter is that it is an expression of his infinite light. 
It's not when we talk about the, the, the creation of, 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 of Atsilos and the world's beneath Atsilos and the lowest forms of Klippa, and even ourselves, our own complex, um, subtle forms of parallel like um, paradigms, the Hashem's infinite light is, is present there. And therefore, we are always, we're, we're in touch always with, 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 um, with infinity. We're in touch with Hashem, even in our. Previous said once said that um, you have all these Yiddish poets and writers who wrote absolute blasphemous heresy uh, about the Torah and in a very funny, humorous way, uh, making poking fun at it in many in all kinds of ways. And they quote words of Gemara and words of Chumash left and right in their in their humor, in their blasphemous humor. So the previous ever said that even when a Jew quotes words of Torah, and he quotes words of Torah to make fun of the words of Torah, his soul still enjoys the words of Torah. His soul wants to say the words of Torah. Yeah, 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 I, 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 it's important to say names, but it's famous, it's not, it's not Shohara, Shalom Aleichem, whatever, whatever that name really is. Shalom Aleichem, the famous Yiddish writer, he, he, he wants to say, he wants to say the, the words of the Torah while he's ridiculing the words of the Torah. He, he, and the Shema wants the words of the Torah themselves. It, it's not just a nostalgic thing that like I, I like Jewish things. It's, it's the soul's calling out there. In a similar way, the the uh, the creation of Klippa, the creation of Pare, is also a is also an expression of the infinite light of Hashem. It's not just Hashem Hashem produces it, but Hashem's light is is is, is it Hashem's light reaches there. It's spread out over there. It it touches there. And therefore, since Hashem's light is in every realm of reality, lamata mata adin tachlis, lower and lower, without any limit, all of pervasive of all reality. Therefore, it's always possible to do tshuva because we're always in the presence, in, and, and we're, our, our reality really is. What is our reality? Our reality is the infinite light of Hashem. It's just that in clip, it's its reality is that it's not what it seems. Um, it is real, the real, it's, it's an expression of Hashem's infinity. He's able to create something that 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 is against Himself. That that's an expression of God's infinite life. It never doesn't quote in this discourse, but um, the Gemara says that when um, the, the base Amigdash was uh, being ransacked and rid and and defiled, they wanted to take out of the Shemana Esrei one of the words. We say in Shemana Esrei, Hagodil Hagibavandera. He is great. He is mighty. He is awesome. So they thought he's not so awesome. Take out the word awesome. Is he awesome? Is he so? Where's his? How is he awesome? They're going to this temple and they're and they're, and they're ransacking his temple. And the Gemara said, Adiram. No, that shows how awesome he is. That's that that's his awesomeness. That he is allows them to come into his temple and he's quiet. That 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 shows his uh, that shows his infinity. That's in itself a mataran tachos. That shows his infinite light of Hashem descending to every place. And that's why it's always possible to do tshuva because. It's there. It's there. The infinite light of Hashem. And not just Hashem is everywhere, but the infinite light of Hashem, the revelation of Hashem, is in every realm. Any questions or comments? In a paradoxical way, even somebody whose entire, in quotes, mission is to destroy Torah, without Torah, there'd be nothing. Other than destroy. There'd be nothing. Be him. You couldn't even characterize it. You know? Right, right, right. Good yeah. point. All right.